You're listening to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast. What is going on, FA Nation? John Pemba here with James Grande bringing you the Week 12 Fantasy Football DFS Podcast. Coming to you here after Thanksgiving Day games. And uh, James, how are you feeling? How was your Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was great. Uh, not enough mac and cheese, but that's for another discussion. Uh, I'm but glad thanks- that you said that. Did you have mac and cheese? No, and I, oh, you know, you had no mac and cheese. So yeah, that's... I, had, I had a discussion uh, about like deciding your, your favorite, uh, you know, like Thanksgiving sides with with my friends, and I said macaroni and cheese, and they were all like, "Why is mac and cheese a a side dish for Thanksgiving?" I was like, "Am I the only one that eats macaroni and cheese as a side dish on Thanksgiving?" So I thought you were gonna back me up on this one. I know obviously we're big both Stover's mac and cheese fans, but uh, to me, mac and cheese is always a good side. I mean, mac and cheese is a good side no matter what the dinner. I would eat mac and cheese with, like, a side of Fruit Loops if I could. Like, that's how good of a side mac and cheese is. So I don't – I would question your friendships with those that don't believe in mac and cheese as a Thanksgiving side. Yeah, I feel like they're just uncultured. You know, that's just what that's just what <laughs> You know, they need uh, need more mac and cheese in their lives. But, hey, we're also here to bring you some DFS information uh, as well, not just awesome mac and cheese recommendations there. So – uh, James, we got a big slate this week. Uh, there are no teams on buys. Obviously, we had the two games on Thanksgiving. They added the Baltimore Steelers game to this uh, this slate. We'll see if that one actually plays out with all the COVID issues that are going on there. Um, but let's just jump right into it here at the quarterback position. Uh, kind of an interesting, uh, some matchups to pay up for. Um, you do have Kyler Murray as a top price quarterback this week going into New England. Uh, Patrick Mahomes going up against Tampa Bay in a game that you said has what, like a fifty-something game total? Yeah, fifty-six currently. Yeah, so we know we know that matchup is probably going to be highly looked at. Uh, and then Josh Allen and Justin Herbert going back and forth at each other, seventy-six, seventy-two hundred. You do the quarterback coach over here. So, so why don't you kind of break down this top tier of the quarterback position and which ones you like more? I mean, it's hard not to include Kyler Murray in any coach or lineup, just considering him because what he brings to the table in both running and, and uh, passing. He gets the one of the worst passing defenses. New England's ranked 31st. So I think Kyler's fine. I don't think the shoulder is a problem. They've really downplayed it. So we will see. And if you do think the shoulder's a problem, I think there's some pretty good pivots right below him. I actually don't know if Patrick Mahomes garners much ownership. And I think Tampa Bay's defense plays a lot um, into that. And because I think a lot of people and you and I discussed it before we hopped on air. I think a lot of people funnel to Allen Herbert and it makes sense because this seems like the best game environment where points will be scored. And uh, we've seen Allen and Herbert both have 40 point ceilings. So they're both bad defenses. We have two elite fantasy quarterbacks. I think Mahomes kind of goes overlooked here, and I think you can obviously take advantage of that in a tournament. Um, but if I, most of my lineups will probably consist of Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, with a sprinkle of Kyler Murray, and limited Patrick Mahomes. But again, leverage to those that play Patrick Mahomes because we know he's the best quarterback in football. Uh, yeah, I agree. I definitely think that's uh, not really an argument to be had there. I agree with you. Uh, if we're going in the mid-tier section here, you know, we have Cam Newton uh, home against this Cardinals defense. We know Newton struggles at times throwing the football, but did have 365 yards and a score last week. You know, when the Patriots are playing from behind, you know, they, they kind of have to rely on Newton uh, to throw the football. So the, you know, the yardage trolls can be there. Um, you know, I'm a little bit surprised that really the rushing totals 
hasn't been great like in terms of his rushing yards this year, but he's still finding the end zone uh, when it comes to running the football. I think he's up to like nine rushing touchdowns now. Yeah, well, a couple weeks ago, Josh McDaniels like came out and said they're going to have a new game plan. And two of the last three games, they've thrown 35-plus times. So I don't know if that is the best game plan that they've that they've come up with, especially with like the lack of weapons they have. But, hey, I don't think that this is a two-point game that Vegas thinks. I think Arizona could get out to a bigger lead here. And kind of like last week, it forces Cam to throw. So I like Cam quite a bit, um, 6,400, especially with the emergence of Demir Bird. Now James White getting a lot of snaps. So we have like a couple more weapons. Um, Nikhil Harry looked pretty good last week. So I think Cam... Slowly but surely, getting a couple more weapons is is fine, and and plus the rest of this mid tier kind of sucks, John. If we're if we're being honest, like it just yeah. So I I know you're not a huge fan of, of Teddy Bridgewater. What if I was to tell you that Christian McCaffrey has been upgraded to questionable to play this week? If McCaffrey plays this week, you know, does that kind of intrigue you at all? You know, knowing that Bridgewater now has that you know elite checkdown option for him. Now, obviously, Mike Davis was you know really good at catching the football too, but you know he doesn't he's he's not the player that Christian McCaffrey is. I guess, but we could also be talking about Christian McCaffrey poached three goal line touchdowns or three touchdowns in the 10-yard line, and would that shock anybody? I don't think so. Now, I will say he had his biggest game of the year against Kansas City with Christian McCaffrey in the lineup, where he threw 49 times. Um, He's okay. I I just always envision Teddy Bridgewater as a game manager, and if you just, like, look through his game logs— there's about two games there that he was probably you could have pinpointed and been like, yeah, he was in a winning tournament lineup. That's I think I would prefer him in like a cash game setting more than a tournament if because I just don't believe the ceiling is like 30. Like that 30 points is more of an outlier to me than anything. What do you think about Taysom Hill this week going into Denver? I have no interest going into Denver. None. No interest in Taysom. None. I, I, I just I get it. I get the running upside is there, but I think this is going to be a much tougher game than it was against Atlanta. Um, and I just, I would rather go down to like a Derek Carr at 5,700. I'd rather, if Matt Ryan has his complement of weapons, like if Julio and Ridley play, I'd rather go to Matt Ryan at 5,900. So um, I think Kirk Cousins and Taysom Hill are kind of traps in this like lower mid tier section. How about the way Phillip Rivers has been playing lately? Yeah, I mean, I think Philip Rivers is definitely interesting. Like, you probably, like, the obvious choice is to play him with Michael Pittman, and I think that's, like, your pairing, but you know, it's the, just... The, the percentages have been great. The attempts have been there. Um, you know, touchdowns of of late, you know, three of the last five games. You know, sorry, three of the last five games there, uh, he's had three touchdown passes. Yeah, I like, again, I don't hate Rivers... But it just feels like guys who are multifaceted are better plays, I guess. Like, I would probably play Taysom Hill before I play Philip Rivers. I would probably play Teddy Bridgewater before Philip Rivers because I have faith that they're going to get me a, a six-point rushing touchdown, and I we know Philip Rivers won't even get six yards rushing this whole year. Right. right. That's fair. Totally understandable. Um, if we're looking down at some value plays, you mentioned Matt Ryan already. Derek Carr, of course, is the cover of the of our watch list this week from Howard Bender. Um, you know, your boy Danny Dimes there, 5,500 going up against Cincinnati. You know, Cincinnati 
uh, not strong defensively, and Jones has played really well of late. Yeah, and it's funny because um, he's been the best. He's been our best like runner this year, and coming up, we just talked. Like I just said, how like I think the running quarterbacks or running upside has been the the guys that have really like outside of Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. Like obviously those two. But Tom Brady runs in touchdowns, too. I think Jones has, like, three touchdown upside here, maybe, like, two through the air, one on the ground. Um, even if we get, like, one and one, I think Jones could give us, like, 250 through the air and, like, 50 on the ground, and that will get it done at 5,500. And it's a bad Bengals defense. The Giants are six-point favorites. Um, I think Jones could could be in and, – and an improved offensive line. Let me just say the offensive line the last two weeks have has played much better. They've now had another week of – practice or two weeks of practice now um so i like daniel jones quite a bit at 55 i think he's probably the best he's definitely i, I shouldn't say probably definitely the best quarterback 55 100 and below all right well let me throw one more name at you there because uh, as we're recording here friday afternoon you know usually uh news breaks during the middle of the day uh you know brian flores says uh Tua not confirmed yet as the starter would you play Fitzmagic mm. if he's starting at 5,500 against the Jets? Yeah, absolutely. Right? The the worst pass defense in football. We've already seen Fitz have a three-touchdown game against them. We actually saw Fitz have, like, a stretch of just 27, 25, 26, and 30 fantasy points for four weeks in a row. Why wouldn't we like him, you know? So... Sure, I think Fitzpatrick he, he, he would be... He basically lost his job after that game against the Jets because they came out of the bye and gave the job to Tua. So, right, like, right. Uh, who, would you, no who, would you, who would you lean, Jones or Fitzpatrick, in a tournament? I, so I like Jones because of the weapons that are around him. Right. But we, it's hard not to think that Fitzpatrick is just a chucker at this point, right? Like, right. the yards could be there, the attempts could be there. So... It's interesting. It's interesting, but I, I just had to throw it out there. You know, we've, like you said, we've seen Fitzmagic put up some big totals this year at times when necessary. So uh, just wanted to pay attention to. Um, running back position, I think it's a lock and load. Dalvin Cook week here again. Carolina, uh, you know, second worst run defense in football. Seemingly feels like the worst, but, uh, you know, the Lions exist and other teams that are, are, are even worse against the run. But uh, lock and load Dalvin at 9,500. You know, the last time, James, that Dalvin Cook and, and Ka- uh, Christian McCaffrey were both playing in the same week, they were in the Millie Maker winner. They played McCaffrey and they played Dalvin Cook together, uh, and those two absolutely dominated the slate. Uh, CMC put up 37 fantasy points in his return. Minnesota, not a great run defense either. If McCaffrey is active this week, would you double spend up top at the running back position? I will say they were a little cheaper. Like Cook Slightly. was, Cook Slightly was eighty two hundred. <laughs> Cook was eighty two hundred, and McCaffrey was eighty five. So like, there is no discount there. But like, if you're multi entering, why not? Right? Why not? You're getting the two. We'll best. get to the wide receiver position. There is some values. Right. There is some values. There is definitely some values definitely that you some can. Values. Well, and and we just talked about like four or five guys at quarterback under six k. Mm-hmm. So you, it's definitely not a, out of the realm of possibility. Um, and so, yeah, I, I obviously I think if they're both healthy, you put Cook one, McCaffrey two, regardless. Like I'm putting Dalvin Cook number one 
pretty much, I think, ranking him, like, even with Christian McCaffrey healthy, like, rest of the year. Just, he's getting 30 carries, 30 touches a game, and he's, there's, there hasn't been any waiver of production outside of Chicago. Um, so, I'm going to put Cook 1, McCaffrey 2, but I think he definitely could play both in one lineup. Uh, if you are not obviously spending all the way up top, there's you know values below them. Uh, you know you have Josh Jacobs against Atlanta. I know you said Atlanta's run defense per DVOA uh, has been strong. You said they're within the t- the range within the tenth. top ten. Yep, they're tenth. They're tenth. You know, but Jacobs has been running really well. You know, the, the Raiders have leaned on him. Uh, Nick Chubb in an absolute slam spot against Jacksonville. Uh, Chubb since coming back from IR, nineteen for one twenty six in a score. Could have easily been two had he not walked out at the one yard line on purpose. And then Philadelphia, 20 for 114. So Nick Chubb moving right back into Nick Chubb things here, uh, averaging almost 100 yards per game on the ground this season, getting Jacksonville in another game where there's going to be rain, there's going to be wind, they're not going to throw a ton likely. Um, So I think Chubb at 71 makes just a ton of sense also. Yeah, just something to note, Josh Jacobs added to the injury report um, with a hip injury. So that was as of yesterday. So definitely worth monitoring because we've seen Devontae Booker be really good this year. Yeah, weird, right? I mean, I think he's also sort of, uh, you know, sometimes those change of pace backs get different defensive sets, especially one that's more of a pass catcher. You know, that's that's one of the things I always kind of caution when they're like, oh, Duke Johnson. He's like, yeah, but he usually runs against, you know, nickel packages and not front seven. So uh, it's possible Booker's success in those scenarios. But you're right. I mean, last week himself, but he had like 80 yards and a score. So Mm -hmm. Hard to, hard to really uh, ignore that one too much. Uh, opposite of uh, Chubb in that game, we know that they're just going to give the ball a ton to Robinson. Um, starting Mike Glennon, uh, just, you know, he gets the volume. He gets all the passing down work, rushing work. Um, so $6,300 for Robinson, honestly, uh, is cheaper than we've seen him in three weeks. Yeah, and he scores touchdowns. Like, I know he hasn't scored in the last two weeks, but he has seven touchdowns on the year. So the volume the opportunity and no like special defensive players for Cleveland out there. Like they have like two really special players in Garrett and Ward and we won't see them. So, I mean, like I think the opportunity for Robinson, 25 touches and hundred yards and a touchdown is definitely there. Is chasing Jonathan Taylor's points a trap this week? I mean, t- I, I don't know how to answer that, John. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that because he starts every game and if he doesn't look good, he comes out of the game. And if he looks good, apparently he's going to stay in the game and they're just going to ride the hot hand. But last time versus Tennessee, we saw Naeem Hines literally light, torch them. Yeah, light them so up. like, do they just like go, say, you know what? Naeem Hines was so good this last time. Let's give him all the work. I just don't know if we could trust it. It's tournament play only. Um, but like, we know he's the most talented back, but can we trust in anything more than a tournament? No. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's going to be too tough. Um, Cream Hunt, $5,600, you know, double-digit carries um, every game this season. Now, last week, obviously, against Philly, 13 carries, 11 yards, and a touchdown. Not exactly uh, what you're looking to see there, but, you know, we had 19 for one or four the week before that. Generally, he's more involved in the passing game. Uh, and 5,600 is is honestly, I think, the cheapest. It's the second cheapest we've seen him all season. He was Last time he was under 6K was in week two, where he was also – $5,600. So kind of an, a surprising drop for me, I think, here in Kareem Hunt's uh, price point. Could be a really nice value. Yeah, and that's I think that also plays into, like, why I go up to Jonathan Taylor at 59 when we could drop to Kareem Hunt in one of the best spots on the board. Um, 
for $300 less. So right. I would probably just, in any scenario, I'd just save, this, save the money from Taylor and go to Hunt, which I think a lot of people will do, and that makes Hunt uh, Taylor interesting in tournaments. But I still think Kareem Hunt outproduces Taylor this week. Any interest in the Cardinals running backs against the bad Patriots run defense? Sure. But it just we always have to worry about Kyler poaching the touchdowns. Yep. Just absolutely. like Josh Allen in Buffalo. Like it's been like it's been the same scenario all year. I would play Kenyon Drake over Chase Edmonds because I think game script puts Arizona out in front and we see Drake more often in that scenario. So I would play Drake before Edmonds, but I'm not like bullish on either. Wayne Gallman, the real deal at 5K, five touchdowns in four weeks. <sighs> I mean, like we we all say it, like we all see that Wayne Gallman is not like averaging a whole bunch of yards. He's just getting into the end zone. So like if he doesn't get those goal line carries, will he be this productive? No, he'll have six fantasy points, but like it's Cincy. Like the opportunity's gonna be there again. So I think we can go back. I think this is there's multi touchdown upside for Gallman. It just since he's that bad, they don't have any help front seven. The Giants could control the clock. So we could actually see Gallman like maybe even have a season high. Like his his rushing attempts, 10, 12, 14, 18. We could see him hit 20 here. And if you get a running back with 20 touches, John, it's just you just use them, right? Like anyone that's getting that much volume at the running back position is just viable, period. Yeah, I agree with you. I, th- I think anybody that gets that amount of touches is a guy that's going to, you know, the upside's there, like you mentioned. Um, Leonard Fournette could be a game script game for him. I know it's tough figuring out between Fournette and uh, Ronald Jones, but if you think this is going to be a game where Tampa and Casey are going back and forth, they said, uh, you know, in those games, passing downs, Fournette's going to have to be involved there. Um, so, you know, if you're stacking that one could be an option. Uh, you mentioned Naeem Hines, obviously torched Tennessee two weeks ago, did absolutely nothing last week against <laughs> Green Bay. So uh, more of a dart throw play at 4,600. Um, you know, again, you and I talked a lot before we jumped on this podcast today. Um, you know, James White was one of the guys that we landed on, you know, no Rex Burkhead. They don't really have a true pass catching option now at the wide receiver position. Um you know, I mean, at the running back position. So right now with no Burkhead last week, nine targets. Uh, it could be a game where they have to throw the football a lot against Arizona. So at 4,500, I think he's kind of reclaimed some of that fantasy relevance. Yeah, and we talked, we were talking about the snap counts before we got on. White outsnapped him 39 to 26. So, and obviously it was because game script, but still it, that's significant because we could see a similar scenario here. Um in this game. So yeah, I think James White's interesting. Also Arizona allowing over eight yards per reception to running backs, which is a pretty big number because if White catches a screen and goes 40 yards down the field, I mean, that puts us in a really good position if he just catches five or six more passes. Um, So yeah, I think James White has some really nice value uh, at 4,500 here without uh, Rex Burkhead. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Uh, Just, Worth mentioning in passing, Frank Gore, you know, there is no LaMichael P. Ryan. Gore last week, 15 for 61 in a score. He is the lead back there. Uh, Ty Johnson didn't get a carry last week. He was used as a pass catching back. So do we want exposure to the Jets offense? No, not really. But uh, 4,300 Gore, at least, you know, is going to get some of the volume there. Um, And it kind of brings us down to $4,000 where Todd Gurley hasn't practiced in two straight days now. 
Um, at $4,000, you know, against this Raiders run defense, Brian Hill at 4K could could be the guy. Yeah, and we've seen Atlanta use Brian Hill this year a whole bunch. Right. So he's had two games already of double-digit carries, and Todd Gurley's played in both of those games. So, uh, yeah, I think Brian Hill could be a really good play at 4K. And obviously, if Jacobs is seriously injured or is in compromised, um, Devontae Booker's also 4K. So we could have some very interesting lineup builds if neither of those guys play or one sit, you know, Jacobs or Gurley, because we have two surefire double-digit carry guys at, at minimum salary at, at running back. Yeah, right. right. And, and Jalen Richard being questionable also, uh, you know, helps out Booker there a little bit uh, as well. Uh, wide receiver position, again, the top spend-ups here are pretty clear. You have DeAndre Hopkins, but Stephon Gilmore's already confirmed that he is going to be uh, on him, so take that. Him for, personally. For, he has yeah, personally. Him personally yeah. <laughs> he has personally come out and said he will be chasing around the field. Right. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Not usually a good idea to go after Gilmore, but uh, we'll see. Uh, we talk about how great of a matchup that uh, Chargers-Buffalo game seems to be on paper. Uh, Keenan Allen, you know, finally getting the respect it's deserved. It's taken 12 weeks to get here, but $8,000. Um, I didn't know what else he needed to do. Uh, maybe scoring in five, six weeks and getting 19 targets was was the key to that. But $8,000, I think. That's going to be a fantastic play against Buffalo. On the flip side, Stefan Diggs, $7,600. You know how great he's been. So game stacking that one all makes a lot of sense. Uh, James, you know, you kind of said, you know, you think that Patrick Mahomes could be the contrarian play there. Uh, do you feel that same way about Tyreek Hill, who, again, touchdowns in bunches of late six in the last four games? I was literally going, you just stole my thunder. Because Sorry, as we're talking about you gotta this, gotta cut me off sometimes, you know. As we're well, no, as we're talking about this, it just makes more sense because we went where we know Allen and Diggs are going to be the high owned guys. We know Allen's volume has been crazy. We know Diggs has been the top receiver in football in terms of like yards and stuff. Uh, with Josh Allen, Terry Kill has thirty two targets in the last two games, thirty two, and he has six touchdowns in his last four, and. He's the third highest priced receiver on the slate. And again, 56 game total. But I think we're all talking about the Buffalo Chargers game. So, yes, I think Tyreek Hill kind of fits in that same mold where they're going to be super contrarian and you can pretty much play him in any format you want. And you know what I also like about Kansas City is that it's the 4 p.m. game. And we get the late night hammer, John. I mean, we you're, get the, you're we get selling, the afternoon hammer. We get the afternoon the hammer. After, yeah, I should. Yeah, we shouldn't say late night because we've had the we've had one ultimate late night hammer this year, and that Seahawks yeah. uh, eight twenty main not slate yeah. <laughs> did not. But it was an eight twenty main slate, which is the <laughs> ultimate late night hammer. Right. Um, so you're, I do like the afternoon hammer. I like that um, yeah, word play the, better. The four twenty five too. So like legit, the last game on the main you're, slate. You're. We're talking. I know. Right after this, we're talking ourselves into a KC stack, and I know you're already sure. building one. Listen, we both play three maxes. We know we're having a KC stack, so that's fine. Um, the next tier after that, there's a bunch of questionables. I mean, Michael Thomas looked great last week, but Taysom Hill, basically the only one that got targeted in that game, twelve targets, one hundred four. Denver secondary's trash. So if you believe in Taysom Hill, you know Michael Thomas is your guy there. Uh, both Atlanta wide receivers limited in practice. Uh, Calvin Ridley is going to be fine. He's just limited with the foot injury that he came back from. 
last week. It's not like a re-injury that he's had. So five for 90 on nine targets last week. I know Julio is the one I'm more concerned about. You know, tried to play through the hamstring injury. has been limited. There was a report earlier um, that said that he's likely not even going to be 100% should he play. Uh, Atlanta's apparently expecting him to play, so we'll have to wait uh, and see. But, you know, it, it's it's tough relying on Julio knowing that Bucky hamstring. I think the last time we tried to play Julio Jones – when he was trying to manage that hamstring was against uh, was it against like Green Bay or yeah, it was like the that? Green. I think it was the Green Bay game, and, and he, he only left played and... like the first quarter or something yeah. like that. Like he just kind of killed a lot of our lives. So don't really want to trust that. You know, Adam Thielen's in that grouping as well, but he's might maybe out uh, with COVID. We're waiting on more test results for him. So this whole you know mess of players here from seventy four to seventy five or sixty five rather, a bunch of questionables and COVID problems. So uh, likely spots we're going to look to avoid. Um, unless there's some more clarity there. Um, but after that, you know, again, some interesting matchups. You do have Cooper Cup coming off that monster game uh, last week against Tampa Bay. They get the 49ers who were dealing with injuries. Um, you know, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson against Minnesota. Um, so what do you think about this sort of like lower 6K tier here? I mean, I think Cup is super viable wherever you want to use Probably him. Just cash, do you think he's more cash game or GPP? Uh, I think he's, I mean, I think he's shown pretty much both, right? We've seen the upside in GPPs two of the last three weeks where he's gotten, I mean, he has 40 targets in three games. So, like, I think you can just take that volume and place that in any format you would like because you can't, like, there's, that's, like, unmatched in in, a, in this tier, especially, like, I think Justin Jefferson's elite as they come. If Thielen sits, I think he'll be very chalky too. But um, we know how concentrated that offense is with Dalvin, Jefferson, Thielen. It will literally be Thielen, or it will literally be Jefferson, Dalvin the whole game. Um, so I think Justin Jefferson, I think more Robbie Anderson, as you mentioned, Minnesota has a very bad defense. They've allowed the third most fancy points to wide receivers this year, Minnesota has. So I think it's hard to not like more. Um, right, I probably over Anderson. We probably, yeah, he's looked really good the last couple weeks. So I think, um, we go more, um, over Anderson, okay. uh, Jefferson. Uh, yeah, do you like Devontae Parker, 5,900? I think I or like him more if Fitzpatrick plays. If Fitzpatrick plays, right, I yep. agree with you on that one. Um, Christian Kirk, if we know that uh, Hopkins is going to be on Gilmore. Kirk likely going to get the easier matchup. Targets have been there. Production's been up and down, you know, but he's a, definitely a GPP play at one point. You know, he had the three straight weeks of over 20 fantasy points. So um, could be a, could be a good matchup for him there. Uh, the big news was really this week was that, uh, you know, John Brown ruled out Cole Beasley at $5,500, um, you know, coming off a big game against Arizona last week, 13 targets or two weeks ago. Uh, 13 targets, 109 yards, and a score against them. Um, you know, he's a guy that, you know, plays a lot more when when John Brown's out of the lineup uh, and is seemingly more productive. Yeah, and he left at Arizona. John Brown leaves the Arizona game, and he did play a lot of it, but Beasley has 13 targets. Uh, he doesn't play in Week 7. Beasley has 12 targets, 11 receptions, 100 yards. So uh, he's going to be very popular, but it's for good reason. He's a really good play. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Sam Darnold, likely the quarterback this week. I think that gives us back some of that Jameson Crowder love, unless we're expecting, the, thinking that he's actually still playing with the uh, the injury that cost him some time because he's been hasn't looked like the same player since coming back from uh, the IR. As much as he likes to use Jameson Crowder, I don't think we need to go there. Miami secondary is really good, so like 
We could just drop down to Sterling Shepard or Darius Slayton. We could play Michael Pittman, who's 5K. He had his breakout against Tennessee. Um, Mike Mike Williams in tournaments. Like this this next tier, like five two and below, is is very intriguing. Uh, I know you like Slayton. You like Tim Patrick. I like Nelson Aguilar in tournaments. I think him and Derek Carr are a great pairing. So I think this next tier is just way more appealing than someone like Jamison Crowder going up against the Miami secondary. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you on that one. Um, if we wanted to get really dirty at this wide receiver position here, uh, you know, they've already ruled out Chark and uh, Conley. You have somebody like Keelan Cole at $3,600. Uh, I know Mike Glennon is the quarterback, so think of that as you will, you know, but, uh, you know, the top receiver now uh, with Jacksonville this week and Denzel Ward's already been ruled out. Um, you know, any appeal there? Yeah, and if LaVisca plays, I think both of them um, are interesting. I think Cole or LaVisca Chenault, probably sh- I would probably lean Chenault for just, like, safety purposes. Like, he yeah. he seems safer for Glennon to, like, just I, hit over the middle. Yeah, he's and he's put up some decent numbers at times this year uh, uh, as well. And he runs the ball. As yeah, well. he's versatile. He's definitely versatile. Uh, another cheap guy I think you can look at, it's KJ Hamler. You know, thinking Denver's going to be down in this game, having to throw a lot, 26 targets uh, over the last three weeks has been good to see out of him. Uh, and then James, again, you and I you know, talked before we jumped on air to, on this podcast today, uh, a lot about some min price. So dirty. So, so dirty. dirty. Maybe even too dirty for the dartboard, but uh <laughs> Gabriel Davis with no John Brown. This is the obvious one for me. I think a lot of people were going to look to Gabriel Davis. He tends to be on everybody's radar when Brown goes out. We saw that he played, was it 100% of the snaps with Brown? And 95. Yeah, 195, like the two games Brown did. Yeah, the two games without John Brown, he was all over the field. So, um, you know, Davis could definitely be that play at $3,000 min-min price. And then the other one is somebody that was a John and Pemba special already this year on the dartboard. Um, and that is Andy Isabella, uh, who is also min price $3,000. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald has already been ruled out of this game on Sunday. Uh, in Isabella this year, uh, has played 70% of his snaps out of the slot. So he is the backup slot receiver when Larry Fitzgerald is out of the lineup. Um, now again, that hasn't happened. So Isabella hasn't seen a ton of playing time. But now the role is wide open for him. And if you think that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be covered by Stephon Gilmore, if you think J.C. Jackson is going to be on Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella could be in a really good position here at min price and an offense that's going to throw a ton um, against New England. So you're looking for some ways to fit in a Christian McCaffrey and a Dalvin Cook in your lineup this week. We just gave you two min price wide receivers that are definitely going to be on the field, in my opinion. Davis for sure. Game theory should suggest that Indy Isabella is on the field uh, a lot this weekend because he's going to fill in that spot for you. Um, and then at running back, we mentioned Brian Hill possibly as a mid price running back option should Gurley sit. So the path to playing Cook and McCaffrey is there should McCaffrey be active this week. Um, James, tight end position has been awful all season long. Uh, we know Travis Kelsey, we think in that late game, you know, late afternoon hammer uh, is going to be a strong play. Uh, Darren Waller, to me, should probably be the chalk spend-up against Atlanta, mm-hmm. one of the worst defenses against tight ends all season long. $6,000 coming off a huge week. It just all adds up. Yeah, he is, and it, it's Atlanta. Like, it's Atlanta. Let, let's just, Atlanta has the second-worst secondary. And 
it's closing. It's the gap is closing between them and Seattle. So um, fire Waller up. He'll be one of the most chalky plays. But I think the next year has a couple guys. Henry Ingram. I think yep. those are like probably the two guys we we gravitate to if we yeah, do. Yeah, if you're especially if you're stacking, you know, Chargers Buffalo. I mean, Henry right. at forty eight is going to be in a lot of lineups. Coming touchdowns, out of touchdowns, two weeks, two yeah. weeks in a row, two weeks yep. in a row now. Yep, I think I think that fits into a lot of lineups. Uh, we always love Ingram. You know, typically the volume has been there last week, not so much against Philadelphia, but he, he was, I think, the third most targeted tight end in football for a while. He, he may have lost that because of the three targets in week 10. But, uh, you know, again, a heavily targeted guy, a great spot. I think he'll fit uh, into a lot of, you know, I think, I think it makes sense there. Um, does Gesicki get a bump up with Fitz, Fitzpatrick? Five targets last week. You know, a guy that largely disappointed this season, but. You know, since Fitzpatrick was last a starter, they've jettisoned out two of his slot guys. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the only path to playing Mike Kosicki is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, literally the only path. Like, And it's never safe. It's still going to be, like, super risky. You have to close your eyes when you hit the button, hit that plus sign. Um, right. But I do think there is some merit to playing him in a tournament if Fitzpatrick plays. All right. If we're looking for even cheaper there, I think Austin Hooper gets some more love against Jacksonville this week. Um, I think he can be in play. Jordan Reed, I think, will be pretty popular, mm-hmm. even though in a really tough matchup uh, against the Rams. You know, but before their bye, he had played, I think, almost like 50% of the snaps. You know, they don't have much else uh, going for them there. No Ayuk. Uh, I think Debo may return this week, but still, I think Reed is uh, in a good spot at $3,600. Uh, and then again, James, we discussed another like really cheap tight end option and potentially Irv Smith Jr. here. Um, if Adam Thielen is out, you know, he's in the tight end coach this week. And as Coop pointed out uh, last week, Irv Smith ran the third most routes on the offense. Uh, Smith does line up in the slot on the occasion as well. So, you know, not a ton of targets this year, but could be an opportunity for him if Thielen is not playing. Yeah, I think it's important to note, too, that um, he scored those two touchdowns in Detroit, both in the red zone. And Thielen has far and away been the top target in the red zone like cousins does not look anywhere else when they're in that in the box um so i think if they do get down there and and i think obviously dalvin is the number one go-to guy but i think irv irv and his big body is the guy that kirk cousins turns to and in, in through the air if Thielen doesn't play so um, we also have to wait for irv, irv status as well because right. he's currently questionable but um Oh, we got an official update that he's listed as doubtful, John. That is sad. As of like right now, it's an official update. Um, my door, my door has opened. The dogs have stormed nor- the Normandy gates. As you, as we speak, John, right now. All right, well, all right. Well, let, me ask, let me ask you this. Oh, we're even getting a little uh, little contributions here. See what how? Let me see what the, is it. Zeus is it Zeus or or Lainey? Which one we got? Uh, we actually have both right now. Right, they are so both, let me... They have both stormed the gates. All right. Should now. Um, or Smith get ruled out. Do you play Kyle Rudolph at twenty eight hundred dollars? Yes, because I we just talked about it. I think punting tight ends makes sense, and he, he did look at the target share for him lately. Like if you're talking about just like punting tight end, four targets, five targets, three targets. Like is that great? No, but twenty eight hundred dollars. He's given us seven, nine, and five point eight fantasy points, right? And now the the other tight end that plays half the snaps may not play. No Adam Thielen, maybe. Also, I mean, hey, you know what, Kyle Rudolph. Dark throw, 2,800. Let's get dirty on this slate, man. We're getting dirty. Getting it. I mean, 
you if you were to tell me you're going to get me nine fantasy points out of Kyle Rudolph, even at 3,400 with the week 10 when Irv sat, right. I would have been happy. And now we're getting him for 28 in, in offense with nobody healthy. Like, I think... I think he might be the highest on tight end if that happens. And I'm, and I'm okay with playing him, though, because yeah. they have nobody else. Right, nobody else. All right, let's wrap this up quickly at the defense here. Obviously, you have Dolphins against the Jets. You know, Jets offense is, you know, generally terrible. So Dolphins have been playing well. Makes sense. Um, we haven't talked at all about this Baltimore-Pittsburgh game because we really don't believe it's going to play. Uh, however, if it does play... It's going to be without, like, no Lamar Jackson, no Dobbins, no Ingram. Like, they have, like, eight players out with COVID. So the Steelers' defense at home at 4,200 may be the top-owned you know, of the entire slate, maybe even. Like, everybody's just going to find a way uh, to fit that defense in. So I think that definitely makes uh, uh, intrigue if that game does play again. Unlikely, but possible. Um, other than that, though, other defenses that I like personally, James, you know, I like the Saints. Denver's been turning the ball over. A time with Locke. Obviously, we saw the Saints uh, put up some big sack numbers last week. Uh, the Rams are home against San Francisco. Um, but then you and I gravitated towards your Giants this week. Yeah, I mean, we're getting a game against Brandon Allen. And we don't even know who Brandon Allen is. So, like, <laughs> the Giants defense has been surprising us all year long. Um they're pressuring the quarterback. They're forcing turnovers. I mean, the Giants have two-plus sacks, Sean, in every single game this year. They have a lot of interceptions. They force a lot of turnovers. Um, and this just feels like a game where Cincy just has no answers. Like, Geo is questionable. We could see LaMichael or Samaje Pirine as their primary running back with Brandon Allen as their primary quarterback. Like, there's a reason why the Giants' defense is projected to be as highly owned as they are. And I don't think we really need to tell anyone that they're a good play. They're going to be a chalky play. They're the, they're the cash game. If if Baltimore-Pittsburgh doesn't play, the Giants are the cash game defense of the week. Yeah, I think there's a few actually in this range where you have uh, the Giants at 32. I think the Browns against Jacksonville at 31 mm -hmm. is, a, is a great play. And then I like even the Colts. Um, they're just the cheapest we've seen the Colts in a while. They just played Tennessee, um, you know, and had a defensive touchdown, which helped them. But, I mean, again – you know, strong defense all season long. They gave up 31 points last week, still had eight fantasy points, only $3,000. So I think that tier is where a lot of people will probably settle into with the uh, the Giants, uh, Browns, and Colts. Uh, and then if we're looking deep, dirty, if we're looking for a dive, a dart throw, uh, if Atlanta's going to be missing, you know, all of those offensive pieces for them, maybe the Raiders are our team to take a look at. Yeah, I mean, we're getting dirty on this whole podcast, right? So why not just dip down one more time into the into the well and go uh, <laughs> and go Las Vegas? Uh, I I agree with you. Probably won't make any of my lineups, but if you really <laughs> needed to punt, that's the that's the way to go. Um, James, I'm gonna read off the my podcast lineup that I put together here real quick. Uh, we'll, we'll be going off this, and it is it's dirty. We'll just say that it's it's dirty. Uh, Josh Allen. Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis completing the three-man Buffalo stack, Andy Isabella, Kyle Rudolph, Brian Hill, and the Colts defense. That leaves three hundred dollars left. Though. I mean, I guess it's definitely I could dirty. Go up, I could go up to the Giants. We'll go up to the Giants at thirty-two hundred at defense. So we have Josh Allen, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Andy Isabella. 
Kyle Rudolph, Brian Hill, assuming no Gurley, and the Giants defense there at 3,200. I mean, that's... It doesn't really get... Like, I just click submit on the Millie Makers. That lineup is in there. Uh, yeah, until you until it's not, but yeah. Until it's not, but it's in there now. Can, and, can uh, I just quickly... Because I have a really dirty one, too, yeah, that I want to read. Yeah, let's hear it. So I am... All aboard this KC stack. I just I'm talking myself into it. So I went Mahomes, Cook, I went Double Hill, Brian and Tyreek, Gabriel Davis. Shout out to an, uh, the one of the dirty uh, plays of the slate, Christian Kirk. I talked to you. I think there yep. is some big play upside. I did go Rudolph. I came back with um, Antonio Brown in that game, considering okay. Antonio Brown had 13 targets. Um, last week, and I think he's clearly settled into like one of, if not Brady's favorite go-to receiver. And I did go with the Giants defense, and yeah, now I'm also in the Millie Maker. All righty, well look at that. We're, we're we'll both be in the Millie. We'll see who comes out with the million because you know it's going to be one of us. Uh, and that's going to wrap up this uh, week twelve Fantasy Slam DFS NFL podcast for James Grande, John and Pemba. We'll catch you guys. Later. <laughs>